This week to have dear friends of ours, Bobby Chu and Kay Asadera. Yeah, we're uh, such uh, good friends, right? And uh, what a what an inspiring uh, duo. Uh, Bobby started Imaginism with Kay quite a long time ago, right? And I mean, way before we started our own studio, and they've just been building this amazing kind of studio. Yeah, and you know, Bobby. I mean, both of them as individuals are impressive. Bobby uh, is kind of, I would say, an industry leader in a way. He's built a platform for education around the world online, schoolism, uh, and Imaginism has worked on incredible uh, films and pieces. And uh, he's really well known as an artist. But I think for us, as a friend, he's been an amazing person to consult in business as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the reasons why we. The schoolism is, of course, we shared a passion for education, like Bobby. But also, we wanted to learn from Bobby just by working with him, right? And of course, uh, his partner and, and wife Kay is such an incredible artist. Yeah, one of our, you know, I think favorite artists. Her sensibilities, really, you could see it come from her personality. Really, a sweet, sincere person. That one of our favorite, you know, artists um, to watch their work go out there. Yeah, what a, a incredible, very kind of different but amazing uh, couple. Their new show, uh, their uh, they, they they created uh, with a few other people, uh, Nico and the Sword of Light, Red Light, uh, just one a daytime Emmy, Emmy Awards, which is huge, incredible. Yeah, um, and then the series is coming out very soon, so that's exciting. Yeah, and so we're excited to talk to them and uh, share with you guys kind of our conversation with our with friends of ours and very casual, but uh, we learned a lot from it. Um, and so please enjoy uh, our Tonko cast. How do you guys collaborate? Like, is that like from the very beginning? I mean, because you guys are both, it's not like one writes and one draws. Like mm-hmm. Both of you guys are artists. How do you guys collaborate like on a project like that, creating something? It, it works really well with us because, and that's, yeah, that's something that a lot of people ask us about. Like, how does that work? You guys both are creative people, but um, Kay has a really good eye and, and I trust her. So strategy stuff, I tend to take the lead, but if it's like art stuff, we'll both do it, but she'll more take the lead. And, you know, there's been plenty of times where I think I'm done and then she'll look at it and go, you know what? You could do better, though. And then, I, you know, that's like the signal. I got to start all over. I felt like we needed it because no one will tell us or no one will be as critical. No, it's great. With us because all our families look at our work and like, oh, that's so good. Mm. And like, you know, but is it more like you guys still uh, stay separate, creating separate artwork, just kind of help each other, giving objectivized? Or right. do, do you ever like work on the same we, we have. Yeah, we have. Yeah, definitely. Especially for uh, our concept art work for mm. the films. Yeah, we just pass it along to each other if one is stuck or, mm-hmm. you know, oh, one has cool. a better idea on something. And, yeah. and like, my, like, we, in that respect, Kay is really, really good at doing beautiful or, like, cute or elegant, uh, whimsical things. I'm... I feel confident in like weird 
creepy, ugly, but appealing things. So, <laughs> you know, humorous. together we can fill that whole spectrum, right? Like, yeah. oh, you, I want a kind of ugly, but still kind of cute and elegant. And I'll be like, okay, then maybe I'll take a bit more of that lead. So when did Imaginism start? And then when did, Kay, when did you join? So Imaginism started 11 years ago, right? Oh, right? Wow. So, cool. yeah, that was like 2005. And I Kay's joined, joined 2005. It wasn't very long at all. It was just like a couple months. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, you joined two thousand. See, okay. Yeah, over a year of, uh, what, what's the concept of imaginism? Just so listeners can understand. Right. So uh, it's this. You know, we pretend it's a real studio, but it's just imaginary. You call it imaginary. <laughs> uh, that was kind of like how it was in the beginning, you know, like we all had an apartment together. But the idea is that uh, we wanted to work on movies, uh, pre-production, you know, generally characters and generally whimsical, fantastical things. That's mm-hmm. what we kind of want to do the most. Got it. And you guys, so you guys were in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And when you say... Just the two of you, or? And then we adopted uh, Thierry T-Bear, you know, and he was living with us, you know, in this cramped little apartment. There was no furniture in the apartment. There were two beds and desks. That's it, you know, and we would eat ramen noodles, like like how they say startups, you know, uh, eating off of these stools that we would otherwise sit on, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Just to kind of give you an idea, we had an 11-inch little tiny TV, and we're watching the World Cup, and we couldn't see anything. We're just like, what's going on? You know, you just hear the, the announcers and to figure out what's going on. And that was my first big goal, was like, next World Cup, we are watching it on a big uh, screen TV. Awesome. And it's funny to think that that was like that was the a big part of my motivation to succeed. <laughs> And you actually, the next World Cup, it was, yeah, it was on like a 50 something inch TV. So, but I don't even care for soccer. So it's kind of funny that, um, right. It wasn't just, about it, that. Yeah. I was just yeah. more pissed. Like, why do I, why, why are we struggling? Why is this my life? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's great. Having negative motivation to drive you, negative motivation, <laughs> like stuff that you really want to get away from to drive you is super powerful. Right? It's crazy powerful totally. in the beginning. Totally. What was uh, Imaginism's like first real big? Like when, when, when was that moment? Like you go from this moment of watching TV mm. on, you know, we're trying to watch TV, World Cup on TV mm. to now, you know, Imaginism's, I mean, you guys worked on Alice through the looking glass and you guys are, I mean, your works are all over the place. We see it on social media all the time, beautiful stuff. But where was that moment that you could look back on now and say kind of like that was a very important critical moment to our kind of ongoing success, I guess? There never was one. There's like, it's like almost like steps, Uh right? Some steps are bigger than others, but it's hard to kind of pinpoint which ones was like that moment. I don't think there really was, Mm -hmm. but the, you know, definitely a couple of the biggest steps was... um, Alice in Wonderland, you know, there were three character designers on there and Kay and I were two of them. Um, And then that did really well for Disney financially and and then all of a sudden everybody started calling us. Mm -hmm. But that was our sixth film that we worked on, right? Mm -hmm. Like the other ones, 
you know, like uh, people came to us before they had the big budget. So many of those projects uh, fell by the wayside, uh, never saw the light of day. Mm. And Alice was our sixth movie that we worked on. So that was a huge step. But all those projects were important, too. Like, you know, meeting... Yeah, yeah, it started creating internal buzz in the industry, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of, like, people, normal people knowing anything that we did. Right, 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 right. You guys, you guys are kind of... I don't know a ton of, like, really successful couples that both work in the concept art field. Um... Can you guys tell us a little bit about, I mean, we've talked before, but can you guys tell us a little bit about how you guys met and, oh. and you know, kind of your, like, I know you guys both went to school, but like, you know, how did you guys meet and, and how did that, what's that story? I saw Kay first before she saw me back in the day <laughs> uh, when I was in school, it was like 7% girls. And my year, like, uh, you know, literally seven girls, 90-something guys, and two were gay. So then we had so little to choose from, (laughs) or, like, we had no chance, pretty much. We had no chance. And then all these girls, more and more girls started coming into the animation industry. I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. noticed that with, like, schools and everything. Now it's, like, more girls than guys. So Kay, you know, she came to uh, Sheridan College when... I came back to school. I graduated, worked a bit, and came back for computer animation. Uh I saw her in the window of this classroom, and she was just sitting there, not paying any attention to me, but I was was hard at at work. That was my mission. (laughs) Yeah. That was my mission, you know? (laughs) There's like a natural attraction already, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do my thing, and Uh I can learn all this stuff on my own. And I don't need any help kind of, like, attitude. Yes. And I tried to use it to my advantage. Like, you're new here. You don't know anything. Let me show you the ropes. (laughs) Let me take care of you. But it, it, like, there was just a natural, like, like, we just clicked. Like, I hung out with him. I was like, this guy is cool. Like, I, you know, everything that we talked about, like, design and art life and, you know, what we aspire to do. You know, it was fun. And, Mm. you know, it just kind of happened like oh let's make this and I'm like yeah why not let's make some books and let's like do this story or you know but it wasn't easy that. it wasn't easy because like in the beginning uh we we're both very driven you know mm-hmm. in in our own paths and uh k especially because i still wanted to pursue k and she just wanted to focus on art and so <laughs> she literally broke up with me like probably 40 times in the first like two months, I made it a point to just yeah every other day pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) But you know that was a different phase. But that really helped uh, in the long run because then I learned to deal with rejection well. Uh, (laughs) Everything's a lesson. Yeah, you just don't give up. (laughs) So yeah, and before Kay graduated, we um, we. Yeah, I started a studio, Imaginism mm-hmm. Studios. Kay was still going to school, and then she was a part of it. We went to Comic-Con, and uh, we started to get jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, So then when we got back, Kay was like, I don't want to go back to school. And I was like, I, okay, sure, because I need your help to get all this stuff done. 
<laughs> How does Imaginism work now you have uh, several artists, yes. right? Obviously, in the beginning, it was just two of you, but do you take a project as Imaginism? And then sort of like you kind of guarantee this is the quality we can guarantee as Imaginism? Right. So, well, one thing that we believe heavily in... Sorry. I'm... No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, one thing I believe heavily in is that um, it should be about the artists that work in our studio, not mm -hmm. the studio itself. But it's much easier to pitch the studio to companies mm -hmm. uh, to get the jobs, right? So um, they'll want one of us and or both of us or, or maybe one of the other artists and we'll say, okay, well... Um, when they ask about credits and things, we'll say, yeah, put that person's name in there. I don't, we don't want Imaginism Studios as mm, the credit. Right. We want that person's name in there, mm -hmm. right? And uh, we use the Imaginism umbrella so that we can have other studios uh, be okay with somebody that they never heard of working on the project because we'll say, well, this is Imaginism product or whatever so we will make sure that it's up to our standards before it gets to you mm. so yeah they might not have heard of so-and-so but they'll be okay with letting that person do something yeah got it and now it's a studio now it's an actual space now it's a real studio yeah. so maybe. it's no longer in the apartment <laughs> yes you're yes. sitting on stools it's now no instead longer of a commune yeah yes <laughs> because it did go it was very much like a commune it started off in an apartment we all lived in an apartment then things got real busy and we got another apartment up, you know, a bunch of flights up uh, in the same building. So we would just ride the elevator up oh, and down wow. all day. And then we got a house where we all piled into the house and all lived in the house. Oh, wow. That was wonderful. That was, that was really yeah. great. And then everybody started to move out and get in their own place. And then we moved out of the house and got a studio space. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's inspiring. Yeah. I mean, especially you guys visited our studio. Mm -hmm. It was one room. Now you guys have come back. It's now two rooms. Yeah. It's not yeah. that different. Yeah. And then next time, it's the whole building. Right. <laughs> Hopefully there. Yeah. How we had. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Bobby, you talked a little bit about goals. And one of the things that I've been like so impressed with, you know, you guys, at least from the outside, is like you guys are definitely, you guys set goals. Mm -hmm. and, and then the amazing part is actually... The, from that moment of setting goals, the kind of ideas you guys have to actually get there and how, at least from the outside, you know, at the beginning when I remember you had showed us when we visited Toronto, um, you had talked about this list you made mm. and, you know, this list is something I want to do. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Like where has it always been? Has it, is it kind of, do you guys share goals in that way? Is that something like, as an individual you have and then and then that actual strategy to find you know your path i guess towards your goal and and, and the discipline it takes i think the kind of I, I feel like there's like so many great things but also there's two of you like mm -hmm. where's the how does it work you know as far as that yeah we definitely talk about like what our next steps are any like whenever there's like a, a like an amazing moment like visiting you guys for the first time. Like, this is our number one goal right here. Yeah. Check. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. So it, it, like, sometimes it'll shift a little bit, like, the mm -hmm. goals from, like, our original goal, but 
you know, we'll always like head towards kind of like the same path of like, oh, let's create something great that can influence people in a good way and that, you know, has a good purpose and but we'll we, be proud about. And also, it's not like we're like, we're like always in sync, you know, we will have different goals as well. Right, yeah. You know, so the main thing is that we're making goals and we're, I think a big part of it is that we, like you guys, you know, we think out of the box or we at least try to like, um, nine to five, it doesn't matter if everybody's doing nine to five, that doesn't mean that, uh, that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So that list that you're talking about was literally, okay, if I could have my life any way I want it, what would that be like? Mm -hmm. You know, so I started writing down all this stuff. Like I didn't want to drive far. I didn't want to be away from my family. I didn't want to pretty much listen to anybody telling me what to do. Um, you know, I really liked independence. I really wanted to just have, have all this freedom, all this freedom, right? But it's funny because when we made the studio, we didn't have all the freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can't have freedom unless you have time. Mm-hmm. And then you can't really have time unless you have a really good routine or schedule so that you can get everything done and then have time left over to do what you want to do. You know, so for me, I'm very strategic in my thinking. Um, just ever, yeah, I think that's one of like those things that I was kind of more born with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will have that ultimate goal and then I'll plan out every little step to get there and it never goes that way, mm. you know, but at least I have a, kind of like a compass like that's my destination so if i have to make all these zigzags at least i know uh when it comes time to make a decision i take the decision that will point me closer to that goal right Mm. yeah that's great that's awesome big thing is like uh never take those jobs you know for those listeners out there never take those jobs where it's like that's not really my goal. It's not going to really get me closer to my goal. But yeah, I could do that real quick. Yeah. You know, like never take those jobs because that's making you sidestep or take a step back, you know, uh, away from your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, something interesting. I was, you know, uh, we were having dinner last night and I was talking with uh, Andrea Blasich. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you guys obviously know him very well he modeled sculpted a bunch like all your damn keeper characters yeah Mm -hmm. um it's talking about decision making Mm -hmm. and uh i was it was cool because he made me kind of almost think about how i make my decisions so uh i think about four things when i make a decision so one is your roi you know your return on investment what's that going to be You know, the other one is your future ROI. You know, it might not be paying right now, or maybe it pays very little right now, but the potential that this will lead to could be huge. Right. Uh, The next one after that is, how is this going to affect my relationships with my family, with my friends? You know, is this going to strengthen it? Or is this going to make me, you know, crawl into a little cave and not come out for like three Mm -hmm. months? And the last one is my health. You know, because I went through a bunch of arm problems, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, 
okay, is this going to hurt my health or is it going to help? And if all those things line up, then I'll do it. I just have to do it. But if none of those things line up, even if it's a really cool project, like uh, I was telling this story because I, before we got here, we were offered this really cool job to work on this really cool movie and, you know, starring really great people that we really like. But none of those things were there. The ROI, you know, return on investment, it's okay. It's monetary and it's going to pay well. But, um, you know, we could work for ourselves to make that money or work for somebody else to make that money. It, It doesn't necessarily have to come from there. Future ROI, well, this movie is a sequel to one that we worked on before. So it's not like we're expanding our portfolio, right? our body of work. So there's no you know, future ROI there. And then um, is it going to help my relationship with my family and stuff like that? No, because I'm going to, I already have zero time. So mm-hmm. it's going to make me just not see anybody. And that's going to also hurt my health. So in the end, even though it was a really cool project that I really wanted to work on, I said no so that I can focus on like some YouTube videos and some articles for a blog <laughs> that I was just telling you guys about, right? <laughs> like, it sounds so counterintuitive, but I know that these decisions point to mm. my, you know, ultimate destination. What, what is your ultimate destination? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, there's a... F- there is an ultimate, ultimate destination, but this one is more about schoolism, right? So schoolism is an online school, as you guys know. You guys totally rock on it. Um, get their class if you guys haven't heard. But uh, So the ultimate goal with schoolism is making art affordable for everybody, not just people in North America, but for people in, like, Sri Lanka, in in third world countries you know it shouldn't be about uh where you are you know how much money you make who are your parents stuff like that that determine if you can get the best education in the world Mm -hmm. we all know that that you know that's that would be great that's a very romantic view of education well you know because i know people like you guys and all these other great artists and willing to share their knowledge I feel like we have the pieces to actually make that happen, mm. right? And we totally are making that happen now. So it's awesome. Mm. What's, can I ask, what's the ultimate, ultimate goal? Ultimate, Art ultimate goal? Island. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, no, don't. <laughs> it's like artist survivor. Ultimate, ultimate. <laughs> beautiful art island where you <laughs> just create and like, we and had fun. that goal before, actually, of awesome. eventually Long having an art island yeah. where we invite our friends over and like, like cooks and mu- musicians, <clears throat> like all sorts of disciplines of art, and we all just hang out on art island. But then, we, uh, we, one of our friends that's really, really successful, really, really like successful and powerful, he was like, you know, one of his friends has an island. And it sucks because there's lot there's uh, wolves on the island that he's not allowed to poach. You know, he's not allowed to kill. 
they're all protected and sea lions and stuff like this. So it's like it's You're like this death trap, really. you know? <laughs> and artists are not gonna be able to fight off wolves, I guess. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> We'd be too busy drawing yeah, yeah. and, and you gotta like beware of wolves. Oh my yeah. gosh. Right. But yeah, the ultimate ultimate goal is is to not just help with art education, but to help artists in general. Mm-hmm. Because like you know, like we were talking earlier before this conversation about um, how some cities give amazing subsidies, right? But how long is that going to last? And then when that's gone, then all of a sudden all these people are unemployed or have to move, uproot their whole entire families. I think that's completely unfair, right? Mm-hmm. And so ultimate goal is to make it fair for artists, you know, wherever you live. It shouldn't be like, okay, you... You move your company to uh, India to um, to pay for all these people to work for you that are extremely good, and yet you don't pay them even close to what you would pay somebody in LA with mm-hmm. the same skill set, right? Mm-hmm. And so, ultimately, I would like to kind of even the playing field with that, because if we do that, then us as the artists will have the power. Because you can't make a movie without us, mm. you know. You can't mm-hmm. do really much without us. Awesome, that's so cool. I mean, Art Island's awesome too. I don't think <laughs> metaphorically. Yes, Art Island became Art. the schoolism house uh, in, Mont- in Montreal. Yeah. Because why would you want to detach yourself from, from the rest of the world? <laughs> you know? It doesn't have to be a literal a island. Yeah, you just yeah. need some land. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. Yeah. Have it connect to stuff. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Can we talk a little bit more about the schoolism since we are on this yeah. subject? Uh, tell us about how and when you started schoolism and what was your vision back then. And then it has grown quite a bit since. Uh, right. Yeah. So it uh, started a year after or two after. Yeah, pretty much like, imagine. pretty much. Uh, you know, about a year after Imaginism, something like that, they pretty much came right at the same time because, um, you know, we were in Toronto, Canada, and back then that's when the blogs were really hot. Like, all these amazing people had blogs. And looking at these blogs over the internet from Toronto, it really felt like we were kind of like peering over the fence Mm. to this land of amazing artists that we couldn't get to, Mm. right? How do they do that stuff? So in the beginning, it was very much um, created for selfish reasons. We just wanted to learn from all those other people. Mm -hmm. So on a uh, trip to San Diego Comic-Con, we met uh, one of of our very good friends, Stephen Silver, and he invited us out to dinner and and I was talking with him and, you know, I really respect his uh, character designs and his philosophies and art and all this stuff. I really want to learn from him. So I said... Uh, yeah, you know the famous artist course Norman Rockwell and his friends created a long time ago. For those of you that don't know, what you would do is you would buy these books and they would get snail mail to you. You'd do the assignments, you'd mail them somewhere, and then they'd come back with some scribbles on it of like corrections from these professional artists, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I told Stephen Silver, I was like, you know, we can do this. Or I said, we're going to do this. 
except it's going to be the 2000 version where it's through the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is back then when um, YouTube was like maybe a year old. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, very early on. And uh, we would draw over top of their stuff and send it back to them. And so you make the lessons. I'm going to watch your lessons and make sure they're good. Okay, so don't you worry. And then Silver was like, yeah, sure, that sounds, that sounds pretty good, little buddy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shoot, now I got to make a mm-hmm. this school. And that's how schoolism came about. And then learned so much, you know, asked another person, another person. And then eventually, you know, got to you guys as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's been great. It's not just, it's like that, that hair commercial, you know, I'm not just the president, I'm also <laughs> the client. And absolutely, I'm totally heavily into schools and classes. Awesome. Not, not to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, Kay. I love your work. How come there's not a K class? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> no, I am working towards oh, that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yes. No, she yes, said working is. towards that. Not working. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm taking the schools and and going to these lectures. Is like I, I definitely need more work and learning to articulate my process. Oh, cool. yeah. But, but also- I have done like workshops in the past. It's just I need to upgrade them and... But I am working on it. Well, well truthfully, yeah. she works on a lot more projects than I do. Got it. So she doesn't really, I don't know where you would find the time to work on your own class, even though I've been bugging you for years to do so. I understand why she hasn't. <laughs> and I kind of, yeah, kind of inspired by your, you know, your graphic novel. I want to oh, make, cool. you know, a story of my own too, and just put that in paper mm-hmm. bound right awesome. now. So you're actually working, that's something you're working on. Yeah, but I do, you know, teach one-on-one at the studio and, you know, at the workshop house. Cool. When when they ask and, like, whenever someone's interested, I'm always, like, willing to share. Cool. I think there's just a gigantic demand uh, for Kay to give an actual (laughs) workshop, you know, like a video (laughs) workshop from schools. Yeah. You know, you're a part of schoolism. Family, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and you, Bobby, you do give your workshop, so that's why I think a lot of people just wondering when. I just need to be more are. organized, like you guys are. Like, <laughs> <laughs> record the process. Yeah. No, that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 like a. Um, I mean, it's really, to be honest, like I'm so inspired by you guys because I, I do think like. Uh, you guys have figured out how to work with each other, but then also how to make that relationship create things that then go out into the world and, you know, make make films and make classes and make, you know, go after these big goals. Because I, I have to say, like, you know, when you start a studio, you have these big goals and you start in an apartment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's where you start is like you're sitting around some table that's like not really you know it's like everything's pieced together but that's where like real goals get kind of whispered you know and then i mean 10 years later you know you're actually living trying to find your way to live through those things and i mean like right right now like what what are your uh kind of so schoolism has its kind of goals as to spread what are like creative goals that you guys have like as artists yourself that that, you know talking about learning a lot and and you know I, i i feel like well what do you guys have to learn you guys 
are pretty established artists. So Tons. what are what are you guys feeling like you guys want to learn about or do and well, like, okay, let me kind of put the question back, right? Like, uh, do you feel like you have any more to learn? No, I think I figured it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, like, it, part of the reason why I work with Dice, to be honest, is because he's someone who challenges me in, in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's like there are so many things. But I'm also finding, too, that uh, it has less and less to do with art making, you know, like currently, like writing the book was really challenging. Like we had never written anything before. And so my kind of interest is also kind of shifting over time. You know, mm -hmm. like I enjoy writing. I enjoy creating these things. And drawing and painting is great, but they're almost a means to an end, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, for us but or for me, I don't, I don't know. You know, and that's why I was curious for you guys who are pretty, I mean, obviously skilled and, and talented and making work that I would imagine, you know, when you graduated school, you're like, I never imagined I'd be making these kind of things, but you guys are kind of doing it. A lot of people are aspiring to do what you guys are doing, but I'm just curious when you're, you guys, like what is it you're looking at creatively that is interesting to you right now? Search for knowledge for me. It's just, you know, the, this is the artistic journey. Nobody can get to the finish line. If you think that you got to the finish mm -hmm. line, you're just kidding yourself, right? Um, that definitely seems to be the commonality between all of these yeah. successful artists out there it's this constant search for the next challenge mm -hmm. for you know knowledge um and art is always evolving like in such a rapid pace now especially yeah. with like the different technologies like the waterlog app like that pretty much oh, just uh -huh. simulates like that you know watercolor by just pressing a button and it looks like this like a person made it like but it doesn't have that soul, but like it's the technology now. Mm -hmm. There's so many And things keep changing. Like, mm -hmm. I've yeah. seen how you guys have changed the industry, yeah. you know, with your color scripting and, you know, uh, the way that you color script, oh, yeah. where it has this flow to it. Like, what is the climax? Where are the, you know, uh, what's the intensity of this scene and what does this symbolize and the way that you organize it i see so many other studios now doing that or trying to do right. that right and yeah. that did come from that, that came from, from you, you yeah. guys no no, no I didn't, I didn't do it. but you guys did it in a certain way yeah. and yeah, that was but, your way yeah i mean obviously you know a lot of people especially at pixar i learned from you know in a way kind of touching up on what you guys are saying like there's so much to learn, and there's almost like it kind of requires a bit of the skills to find what you can learn in your surroundings too. Like you have to almost look for it sometimes mm -hmm. to like uh, discover things that you know. One thing I I love this thing that the people say that it's not just about you know things that you know you don't know, but sometimes there are things that you don't know you don't know. Mm. And that's the most dangerous thing because you don't even realize that you don't know those things. And hopefully in the process of growing that you find out that you actually don't know certain things. And that's when you get excited about learning, right? And it seems like you guys are constantly looking for things to kind of better yourselves and learn and right, grow as artists. I, I think like uh, we could probably all agree if 
you know, because we all strive for not just the normal level of art, but we're really striving for the highest level of art we could possibly do. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to constantly learn. You have to constantly challenge yourself and you can't just get comfortable and find this technique or whatever. And that, that's it. You don't keep looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like a necessity. It's almost like a way of life. It's part of being an artist. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a few more questions, uh, actually, to Kay. You know, because every time... Um, it's really fascinating to talk to Bobby, because Bobby can articulate things so well. Oh, yeah. Like, like I learned... Right, Robert and I yeah. always talk about things that you talk about. Like, when we meet, we, we talk over dinner, and... In all the sort of uh, tips and strategies in life, and I, we just get inspired. And I'm just curious, since you're Bobby's partner and as an amazing, talented artist, but Bobby being such a very articulate person who can inspire, you know, I'm curious how, how is that? It's a little bit different, right? You are, you know, Bobby's wife and partner. It's a little bit different from us just taking the inspiration from Bobby, but it, it must be like very powerful in uh, I can imagine both ways just sometimes oh like Bobby knows so much and you know I don't know where I'm getting at but I'm just curious since uh, I like know, to think we balance each other out she keeps it real for me <laughs> trust me it's like Bobby you know he might like have said that I serve like don't get big head I, I, I keep him grounded I like to think that I keep him grounded you know it's great just just keep being critical about like every step that we do. Well, not too critical that yeah. you know, like you know, keep things organic and balanced at the same time. Mm -hmm. And fun is mm -hmm. like very important to me. So yeah, it. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. It just works. Like we'll, we'll definitely have our trying times, you know. But that's part of the journey. And you know, the most important thing is that we. You know, put up the effort, right? Put up with each other. Put up with each other. <laughs> put up with our differences because yeah. we're very different. Yeah, and you know, just focus on the right things and be mm. positive is is a huge thing. I mean, when you guys have dinner, sit down and have dinner. Are you guys talking art constantly? Oh yeah, yeah. Art is life. Yeah. For us, like. Awesome. Even like we've in the, in the past, we've made a pack like, let's not talk about work, you know, this and that. But like, you can't help it sometimes. That's and we, cool. we're lucky, like we can do it in a way that it's healthy for our relationship. Like we know when to stop or like we know when to just like, all right, let's just like, you know, fuck around and like <laughs> do other things beside art or, you know, take a walk in the park. Like think about our families, you know, like our nieces like normal things yeah if i didn't have k <laughs> i would just be in the studio just grinding it out every single day and i never would have mm. you know traveled to all these places and like did all these fun things and then in turn all those all those traveling and all that stuff i never would have met so many people or learned from so many people and through the traveling, also, we get inspired, right? It helps our art as well. And I would have totally missed out on that as well. So I think, you know, I'm very strategic and organized and like, 
discipline, 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 and then K is like very intense. With Thanks. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I, yeah, it was very intense because mm-hmm. I could just see the bank account just keep dropping every week, you know, when mm-hmm. we were first starting. Well, and that can get very intense too with work where it's just like, I got to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we have to finish this kind of thing. But like, it's important to take a step back. Yeah. Yes. I mean, was that, I mean, one of the coolest things you guys have done, or at least as an artist, I'm so envious, is that you guys stepped away, went to Paris, and tasked yourself with creating a show while in Paris for a show that was opening like in a month kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Where did that come from? And how did, I mean, how did it go? And it came from just wanting to live the Paris Paris life. Yeah, that's what. That was from your side. That's from my side. Right? Like, the, this was our third time doing that. So we did that for the first Alice in Wonderland. Then we did it for our own show called Creatures and Spirits. And then this time for Alice Through a Looking Glass. So, you know, the Alice in Wonderland one, uh, I don't know how it came about because you were talking with uh, Diane Lunier, the, the owner of Art Ludique, and uh, then you guys both came to me like already kind of decided you know because <laughs> yeah. we planned like all our dates like oh let's go shopping here or let's take a walk yeah. here you know we could do this if you live here for a month mm-hmm. and then you know. um, yeah so i was like okay. i was like oh why don't we make a show at that time because uh you know alice is coming out again uh-huh. like what we did in the first mm-hmm. time so it just you By that time, it was up. our third time, so I knew what I was in for. Yeah. I knew it was going to be great, super fun, and and living in Paris. Even though, of course, I I love we love our studio, our artists, and everybody working at the studio. But you know, living in Paris, just painting every day, drawing every day, it's like you step into another dimension where mm-hmm. uh, Bobby and Kay, they're just these these artists in France and that's what they do, you know, mm-hmm. it's really nice to experience that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> Is there another side to it? <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. I love it. There, there's that pressure to yeah. like deliver, right. like mm. make a good show. Is that like an important part of it though? Like <clears throat> oh, having I'm... that deadline, having like the pressure oh, of, I mean, at this point people I would imagine are collecting your work and there's expectation given that it's your third show, there's expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it sounded like, I mean, Kay, you told me before that each of you were going to do 20 pieces and you know when you when you guys had talked to us about it before, I thought they were going to be like cute little sketches, but you guys did full on paintings and drawings and really kind of impressive body of work in a short period of time. I mean, it seems like there's a bit of therapy to it, like getting out there, getting away from the studio, being in Paris, but also you know there's a lot of other ways to to kind of meet that therapy. There's obviously this kind of part of having that deadline that was like a part of this i mean you guys definitely wanted to do the show and definitely had expectations for what that show was going to be i mean it seems like it's the the work was impressive i mean it's not like any you know like we know what it's like to put together a show and it's like it's a lot of work i mean but um it wasn't a vacation there's kind of not close to the scale that you guys did for one well, but you, you have it in a month. That's crazy. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, it's just, it was just the two of you. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Yeah. But it's just so cool to see 
you guys finding your own way like when you guys are going on vacation or you guys are going to paris like like your work never separates from who you are your artwork mm-hmm. is so entrenched in not just who you are individually but collectively as well which is i think just so impressive you know i'm just as a fan i feel like sitting from the outside it feels like very it's weird very very it's cool weird that you're saying you're <laughs> i think that's like the coolest thing because like we're huge fans of you guys you know and the stuff that you guys have been doing has just been like super inspiring and super even before motivational. you were at pixar or like you know and when you were still in school i mm. remember seeing your your, your sketches oh, embarrassing yeah <laughs> so then sketches the girls yeah <laughs> right but no yeah well thank we'll you we'll put guys. that in the show notes some links <laughs> yeah right sketches yeah, to my college yeah work That'd sweet alright I would lose work yeah okay so uh, we have a very few you know we have a lot of time left but we'd love to hear what's next to conclude this uh, what's next? What's next? Our our uh, our show Nico and the Sword of Light comes out next year, full season. Cool! Uh, we, Congratulations! Thank, thank you. you. June, June on Amazon Prime. It's going to be binge watching. You know, all episodes out at the same time. So that's going very heavy right now. Yeah. You know, the whole Nico and the Sword of Light thing. Um, it was made by two other people you know mm-hmm. four creators all together k and i and jim bryson and adam jeffcoat so the whole entire idea was once we put up the the animated comic book which is how it came out in the beginning and we sell this thing you know get some big studio to buy it and make it into a show or a movie or whatever mm-hmm. then we're going to step back and they are going to keep going mm-hmm. right so I forget what the question was in the beginning, but what? that's what that's that's yeah. kind of like where we are now. Um, and no. we have like our independent work, like our illustrations that we do on the side. Oh. You guys are always at Comic Con. We're always yes. at Comic Con Comic-Con this year. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Be at Comic Con uh, G seven and eight table G seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, G7. And CTN. Are you guys doing CTN this year? Yeah, we'll be at CTN. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then you guys are going... Oh, yeah, the schoolism is going to Copenhagen. That's next. Yeah, it's going going to to Copenhagen. Copenhagen. And Dubai. And hopefully Japan. Hopefully hopefully China. uh, Still working on these things. Not for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah. Actually... And nowadays, that like, there's other people that deal with that kind of stuff. So half the time, I don't even know what's going on with the workshops these days. But I do try to get, we do try to go to as many as possible. Um, yeah, what's next for me is really like more schoolism stuff. You know, I really don't feel like I'm finished that mission. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's working on projects right now just one after the other so and that moving towards a class moving towards moving, a class moving towards a class like yeah. <laughs> awesome great well guys so nice to have you here thank you so much for coming to uh, speak with us on Tonko Cast. it's our honor yeah and our pleasure absolutely 
Yeah, we always enjoy when you guys come. Yeah. Because I feel like we learn a lot. And inspiring. Yeah, it's just a big room of oh, love because it's, it's right back at you guys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, feeling is very mutual. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys.